0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast, and today we are going to continue our study of chapter 17 in the second book of Samuel, Shmuel Bet, Perek, tet, I'm sorry, Perek Yud Zahin. And uh, we are up to verse 15, that is Pasuk Tet Vav. Vayomer Chushai El tzadok. So this is... Um, We had just heard of the conflicting advice that Achitophel and Hushai gave to Absalom on how to proceed with his inevitable attack against David. Achitophel advised for a quick um, and decisive attack to strike David now while the iron is hot, so to speak, while he is on the run (coughs) and um, take out David and just be done. Whereas Hushai gave advice, no, let's wait, let's get together all the people of Israel and build a massive army, and then no matter where David's hiding, we can attack and get rid of them all. We ended with Shalom meeting with his advisors, and they all decided to go with Hushai's advice, which was bad advice, and as we shall see, will lead to bad advice from Shalom's perspective, that is which will lead to the downfall of Av Shalom and the restoration of David um, and his kingdom. So, But now, Chushai, apparently, the reason why I said at the end of the last podcast that it seems that uh, there was some kind of a meeting that Chushai and Achitophel weren't there is because it's apparent that Chushai wasn't really sure whose advice would be taken. <coughs> so... Or, or maybe it was before he heard the king's decision, Hushai said to Tzadok and Eliotar, who are David's supporters who were sent back, very wisely sent back to Jerusalem by David so that he had some supporters there, <coughs> he said, achitopel. Achitopel gave this and this advice at Shalom, to Israel and to the elders, v'kazos v'kazos yani. and this and this was what I advised. So he presented himself in front of the, the, the king's council and advised such and such. And I did, and I advised such and such. Now, shilchu you need to send quickly um, messengers. And remember, their sons, Tzadok and Yasar's sons, sons, um, are, are, are ready to be messengers. That they, they, they stayed in Jerusalem as well, and they were ready to be messengers to run to David's camp. So he's saying, send them. And tell David, "Lemor, don't stay overnight in in the in the middle of the desert. Make sure you cross the Jordan, so that they can't can't catch up to you. Because it may you may get swallowed up, you may get completely destroyed, and all the people with you. If Ahitopo sends out an attack group while you're still running through the desert without any protection." It could be disastrous. So make sure you get that message to David fast. So, right away, Yonatan und- um, yeah, so sure so, right <CincinnDA> <É> and, <fiction> and, <Jamaica> <dem-> and the two sons of Tzadok and Evyotar, they were staying at Ain Rogel. And um, the plan was that a, a maidservant, uh, pr- presumably from the house of Ezzer Sadokar or Eviatar, had, had a maidservant, a, 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 a slave girl, if you will, um, who they sent her, because she would, wouldn't be very suspicious if they're sending her out to on some sort of an errand. That would be pretty expected. But in this case, her errand was to be to go and tell Yonatan and Achimatz, who are waiting at the outskirts of the city, um, to tell them, ...what message to bring to David. And the plan would be that they are supposed to go... ...and tell David the message. Because they themselves... ...did not want to be seen in the city. So they didn't want to call for Yonatan and Achimatz... ...because that would have raised a lot of suspicion. So they wanted to leave Yonatan and Achimatz out there... ...and have this girl tell them the message. However... They were waiting out there, and there was a boy that saw that they were there, waiting. And it occurred to this boy, we don't know who this boy is, a random kid, but he understood that these guys were probably plants from David, that he should go and tell the king. So he went to the king of Shalom now, when I say the king, I mean, he went and told Avshalom Shalom that, that these two guys... Are hanging out out there, and this, they're probably up to no good. They're probably supporting David somehow. So right? So the two of them, when they saw that they were found out, that they were that they were seen, uh, they quickly went Ish They went to the house of someone in the town of Bachurim, which is near Yushalayim, We're familiar with this place; it's been mentioned before several times and to the, the person whose house they went to, he had a well in his yard, and they, they climbed into the well, and hid inside the well. And this way they hoped that they wouldn't be found. And apparently this was a house that they knew was loyal to David, so the woman took, and I, one gets the impression that there were a lot of people around that were still loyal to David despite Avshalom, And one also can conjecture and imagine that Shalom's despicable act with David's concubines probably didn't gain him more favor among the people. The people probably were kind of disgusted by it, especially the public nature of it, and and were kind of leaning towards, at least many of them were leaning towards David. And this woman um, uh, was was a known supporter so she spread a a cloth uh of sorts over the the uh over the um what do you call it over the well and she scattered uh dried dried wheat on over it so what they would do is they would spread out wheat to dry in the sun and by leaving out dried wheat it looks like it had been drying there for a while so it looks like something that's been sitting there for a while because the wheat is drying and this way nothing will be noticed as being out of place it won't be noticeable that someone climbed into the well to hide so in a very clever way of hiding them in the So the servants of Avshalom came to this woman's house Maybe because they already suspected that this woman was a, was a supporter of David or maybe they just went around to lots of people's houses and when they got to her house, this is what happened. And he, they said, where is Achimatz and Yehonasan? And the woman said, they passed um, this small place of water, this uh, a little bit, uh, they passed over. There must have been some stream there or something. They crossed it by Vakshuvalomat. So they looked around for something. And uh, whatever it was that they were looking for, they didn't find by a Shuvah And they went back to Jerusalem. So, so this, in this respect, she threw them off. And obviously they, they, her ruse of covering the, the well worked. So uh, Avshalom's men, his, his, his officers, uh, left after they left and went back to Hafshalom shalom because they couldn't find them <coughs> they climbed up out of the well they completed their mission and went out into the wilderness and they told the king David the message <coughs> you need to quickly pass over the Jordan River Because this and this is what Achitofel advised. And if he comes after you now, you're you're in deep trouble. So David got up and all of the people that were with him, they crossed over the Jordan. It took them all the way till the morning to cross. But by the time they got to the morning, there wasn't even one person left on the other side of David's entourage. <coughs> who hadn't crossed over the Jordan during the night. Now, <laughs> saw that his advice was not heeded. So, this further supports the fact that Achitofel and Hushai presented their case and then they had some kind of a meeting. But when Achitophel saw that they weren't listening, they didn't, because his advice was, let's go now. And they didn't. They didn't call Achitophel. They didn't tell him to get 12,000 soldiers. They didn't send him into the, the, the wilderness after David. Achitophel was wise enough at this point to see where the winds are blowing. And unfortunately, he saw that it was disastrous for him personally. Number one, he saw that if he knew that if David has a chance... To cross the Jordan and find his supporters there and to sit down and to plan and plot and to rearm and regroup and to resupply that Avshalom and his rebellion were, would not stand a chance. He knew and understood that. He knew the alliances that David had made. He understood the lay of the land. Achitophel, as we've known, is a, is, is a, was a smart man. And he also knew that once David took over, because Ahitophel was a key part of the rebellion, he was definitely going to be executed for his disloyalty. So once he saw that his advice wasn't being kept, he knew there would be no place for him and he had no future. So what did he do? He loaded up his donkey, and he, he went to his home in his hometown, not identified What that hometown was And he, he Gave a commandments To his household Meaning He, he like, wrote his will He said these, these and these Are the things That you get And he hung himself And he died So he committed suicide And he ended up Being buried In the um, In the burial place Of his family so uh, in order to avoid the the fate that w- would surely await him if he stayed. Because he saw better than anyone that Avshalom's uh, attempt at making a kingdom was doomed to failure. So now David, let's focus back on David now. So this is what happened back in Jerusalem. But on David, he came to the town of Machanoim, which interestingly is the town where Ishbosheth Saul's son when he was an when he continued Saul's monarchy and he was the opposing king to David if you remember when David started Saul's son Ishbosheth took over as king of the 10 tribes and David was only the king of Judah and the seat of Ishbosheth's monarchy was in Mahanayim. so this is a place where there are former supporters of king Saul's right However, David knew and understood that by this time, all of those previous enemies had come around to see David and his just rule and are now his supporters. And one of the most interesting things we're about to see is how some key points of David's support is coming from people that had been his enemies before. One of the true signs of a great leader is that those that were once against you once they once they come around and realize who you really are, they are now your supporters. That is an extremely powerful statement and show of support, which we're about to see and we're seeing right now as David enters Machanayim. So we're we're we're. Uh, pushing forward, and, and now Avshalom is coming with all of the people of Israel. Because now he's so David had settled, set up shop in Machanayim, and we skipped over a significant amount of time because Avshalom now had to send send messengers and gather all the armies from all of the tribes of Israel. And Avshalom is coming after him. Yet and some and and because Yoav was David's uh, main chief of staff. Right? It was with David's entourage. So Avshalom now made Amasa, made him his chief of staff over the entire military. The Amasa ben Ish, the Amasa was the son of someone, Ushmo Yitra Haisr He was the son of a man named Yitra the Israelite. Asher Ba el Avigail Bat Nachosh, em Yoav. that he had married Aviel, the daughter of Nachash. Not to be confused, Nachash was the name of the Midianite king. But here this Nachash is referring to someone else, presumably. Um, the rabbinic tradition places this Nachash as Yishai, as David's father, meaning this Avigail is David's sister, right? Who is the sister of Tzuya, who is identified also as David's sister, who was the Am of the mother of Yoav. So now, uh, the bottom line is is that it's while uh, the identities of all these people are not really clear here, but it's important in that Amasa is Yoav's cousin. He's a member of that same family, the Tzuriah family. Um, and Tzuriah, uh, okay, Veichani Yisrael veAvshalom eretz Hagilad. And Yisrael and Avshalom camped in the land of Gilad, which is on the opposite side, on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. By and we're backing up a little bit. When Kivot David Machanaim, when David came to Machanaim, uh, <coughs> three people came to greet him and help support him. And who are these three people? Vish ben Nachash, right? Me Rabbat bin Ammon. Shovi was the son of Nahash. And here it's identified. Nahash from the city of Rabbah, which is the capital of the people of Ammon. So this Shovi was a son of the old king Nachash who had died. Remember he was the leader of Ammon. Nachash died. His son took over and David had sent a group of, of, of people to give condolences and then the, the, the new king of Ammon uh, uh, embarrassed and ashamed them and, and shaved off half their beards and it started and ended up in with a diplomatic uh, 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 incident which ended up in massive war between Ammon and David. All of this uh, but then eventually the people of Ammon uh, were beaten in battle and they became subservient to David. And eventually this Shovi ben Achash, um, uh, which uh, rabbinic tradition identifies as the same person as, as Hanun ben Achash, the king who, who uh, instigated the whole war between David and Ammon, and he's called Shovi because he did teshuvah he returned to God he became a convert to the Israelite religion although that's that's you know a tradition but um, but at least in the verse itself one would imagine him as a member of that family who is now loyal to David so again the enemy a person who is a prior enemy who is now loyal to David Umahir ben Amiel and ben Amiel who is the one who who the um, if you remember back, Boshet, the son of Saul, who was a cripple, right, was living at Machir ben Amiel for many years while David was establishing his kingdom, and uh, so he was supporting and taking care of Saul's son, the remaining heir, that Boshet, who's going to pop up again <coughs> in future chapters, and the Mifiboshet who had a servant named Tziva. Tziva was the one who met. David on the road back in chapter 16. So this Machir was again a supporter of the house of Saul he, from the place called Milodavar, from the place called Lodavar. And he came as well. And Barzilai Hagiladi, who was also a uh, member of the, the supporters of Saul, from the place called Roglim. Barzilai Hagiladi would be the um, the. Father-in-law of 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 Merav, right? Who was one of the da- was Saul's daughters, so also a uh, um, so, but also from Saul's family. So again, this this is uh, these three people came to greet David when he came to Machanayim, which was previously the seat of the power of Saul's family. So when they came, they brought with them a mishkov, um, uh, places to lie down, you know, beds, couches, (coughs) visapos, and uh, bowls, and uh, various uh, uh, vessels. Uh, and wheat and barley, and and uh, flour and and roasted grains, u'pol and beans, and lentils, vikali, and all kinds of, of 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 baked and roasted grains. So they brought tons of supplies and food, and honey, and butter, vitzon. And they brought sheep, bakar and and beef, v'hi They brought to David, told and to the people that were with him to eat. Because they said, The people are hungry and tired and thirsty from their sojourn in the wilderness. The point being here to say that by the time Av Shalom came with his massive armies, David had made allies. David had fully supplied his soldiers with the food and sustenance and comfort they needed to rest, gain their strength back, regroup, and get ready to defend David and defend David's kingdom which is what we're going to read about in chapter 18. Thank you so much for studying chapter 17 together with me. Looking forward to studying chapter 18 and of course the rest of this beautiful book of Samuel together.